Do you follow your intuition? Do you ever get good feelings about people or situations? What to do when your fears become reality? On this episode of Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America, powered by Building Rome. Welcome to Clutch by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. Real Girlfriends America of America is a company that has a foundation and a mission to build lifelong friendships with women across the globe. We broadcast Sunday through Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time and 9 p.m. Eastern. We always want to hear from you, and we're always looking for fresh topics. Tonight, we have Corinne, Kelly, Alexis, and myself on the line, and we're going to be talking about fear and when it becomes or may be a reality. Uh, our whole theme for this month for October is fear as well as breast cancer awareness because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I've been talking about fears and intuitions, and tonight I want to talk about in relationships, especially with significant others or just friendships, when you have gut feelings or you have a fear that something's going on and uh, when to act on that or if you should act on that, and maybe we can tell some stories. So I wanted to start to ask you ladies, if you ever had a time in your lives when you had a gut feeling you know, about a relationship, a boyfriend, um, just a friend, you had a gut feeling about something you were right. And I want to hear about that story, how you felt and what happened. Let's start with you, Corinne. Um, like a, like a negative, I guess, gut feeling, like they were up to something. It doesn't have to be negative. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, Yeah, I, uh, I guess because um, this is like a gut feeling of something good. I mean, that's always, you know, a good thing. Um, something right. negative, I mean, I, I think everyone always thinks of, has like a little intuition on, on something, like if someone's cheating on them, if someone's like backstabbing them, if they're not a good person. Um, right. I know that we we had a conversation, like you have a, a dog, and I had a, the same breed of pit bull that you had. And I know my dog yeah. used to consist of someone wasn't, like, a good person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I trust dogs' intuition more than I trust people. And my dogs, I have right. two pit bulls. And, yeah, one of them is very protective. And it's funny because I think those same instincts are in people, um, you know, and we, I think as we as people have a little more control over our reactions, I think, you know, and that's why dogs have a little bit more of their hair stands up and they growl and they get on edge because they can't handle it or can't control it as much, you know kind of interesting hey kelly what about you do you have a, a story for us about a time that you had a gut feeling about something you were right <laughs> oh my goodness well that must be the ideal question for me because i'm always getting gut feelings about things and people and places and um uh yeah i've had many gut feelings not just on relationship but people places and things and um i tend to be right on like i try not to focus too much on looking to the balance of a future because that's how you perceive and you get guts when you get into a quiet moment so i try not to do that but i cannot help it and i tend to be right yeah yes so, yeah. yes, affirmative. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the same way. And I've noticed in the last two years, um, I've done a lot, I've had a lot of growth and, and my instincts have fine tuned themselves, but I think it has a lot to do too with my attitude about things as well, because, you know, I'm not so codependent on others. I'm not so easily quick to, uh, to display things that I used to before, you know, I, I kind of hold myself back a little bit better and I have a lot more patience. And I think that ties in to uh, slow me down a lot. And that's probably a really good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alexis, how about you? Um, in all honesty, um, I'm usually the one that's the most one in my family. Only not to say that I'm a chicken and I won't pull the trigger on certain moments. I'm just more of a person that I'm a control freak. So it's very rare where I find myself in a situation that I put myself in that I don't know what the end results are going to be. I'm a control freak. So as to when I had a gut feeling and I was right is I'm usually the one that gets to say I told you so because there are just certain people in my family who aren't going to change. They are who they are, and the quicker you learn that and the quicker you just learn to accept that the situation is not going to change, the better off you are and the less frustrated you're going to be. So I had a situation where one person decided to come back into the fold and somebody else decided to give that person a chance. I said, now that's up to you if you want to give that person a second chance. But I am telling you point blank, that person has not changed because people do not change colors overnight. She hasn't changed in how many years? And now all of a sudden she wants to sing a new tune. Okay, you go. I'm not going. So after the event, everybody told me that she hasn't changed. She's exactly the same way, maybe a little bit worse. And guess who got to say, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I you said, know, I, I told you so. See, you should have just stayed <laughs> home with me. And we could have been on the couch making popcorn and watching a movie. But no, you were the moron that decided <laughs> hope that somebody would change. I told you so. Right. It's so funny. You know, I'm at the point in life where when, when people ask me for my opinion, um, I'm always sure to let them know that, I mean, they need to be sure they want my opinion because I'm, I've always been a brutally honest person and I don't hold back because I would hope and expect that if I ask somebody, if I look fat, my butt looks big in a pair of jeans, please tell me if my butt does not look good in these jeans. You know, that's the whole point of asking. And so why would we lie to each other? But I think people are so scared of letting each other down that you're going to, you know, maybe flip the truth a little bit. And I just don't do that anymore. And um, I'm a lot happier that way. So um, I'm going to tell a little story, which is going to lead us into the first part of this discussion. And um, one of the big things about that, you know, if you're, you've ever been in a relationship that you've been cheated on, um, I want to talk about a little bit of the intuitions that we as women get. And I want to talk about like, maybe some of the signs, some of the signs that you could be in tune to um, red flags that maybe possibly your intuition is right, you know, and then I want to discuss whether you ladies think investigating as in going through your significant other's phone and stuff like that is right. Have you done it before? So um, I I was in a relationship and I was living with this, this guy at the time and things, things changed pretty quickly. 
And I just, I noticed it and I felt it in my gut. And I would, I asked him a few times, you know, what was wrong and continued to try. And I let it go for about a month. And then finally one day he had come home from work and went to sleep. And I, and I did it. I went through his phone and I did find out, that, you know, Craigslist used to have that uh, Craigslist personals nonsense. And there were people just trying to hook up for, I, God knows what, but um, I found so many messages of, of him, like talking to all these different people on this, from this Craigslist ads. And it was just like such a dis- just a letdown, but every single time I've had that feeling in my cicaded into it, I've always been right. Um, so yeah, I want to know, Corinne, let's start with you. Um, you know, if you want to share with us, have you ever been cheated on? Did you have intuitions about it? What were the signs that you saw? And, uh, and just tell us a little bit about what happened. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily intuition opposed to this guys are just sloppy and, and careless and um we are smarter than them. <laughs> um right. the the one time that I uh, knew that someone or figured that um my ex was cheating on me um was basically they it's just they came home, they were drunk off their the mind out their mind and um they ordered food not in the way that they usually order food um, and um, I know that I was trying to reach them, and they wasn't answering their phone, and then they came home drunk or whatever, and I knew where they were um, after the fact. But, um, and that wasn't, you know, there was there really were um, where I thought they were, but, um, and that wasn't a big deal. The big deal was that they stopped answering their phone, um, and then they were like, oh, no, I remember what happened. But I'm like, you didn't remember what you ordered, but you remember what happened. Because the next day they right. were like, oh, when did you go out and get food? And I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> you did. So um, it, I, I figured something happened, but it wasn't years along, uh, down the road until I found out that it was my friend that slept with him. Uh, that's the worst, too, man. I've had that happen to me before, too, girl. There was a, a friend of mine slept with one of my boyfriends more than once, actually, too, more than one guy. Um and man, that that one sucks too because it's like it's the person that you probably would have gone to to cry about a breakup if he would have done it with somebody else is also not there, and you have to mourn two friendship and the relationship at the same time. It's a really shitty feeling. That's kind of one okay. of those things, like why I never understand cheaters because I'm not that kind of person. Um, you know, I understand that there's bad relationships out there and everything, but in my opinion, like. If you're feeling that you need to walk out or you need to go out on somebody, then you should not be with them. There is no excuses. You're just hurting yourself, you're hurting them, and then you're bringing a third party into it, and everybody ends up getting hurt most of the time. And I love the people that think when they steal somebody else's, um, you know, husband or wife, that, that you know, and then it happens, the same thing happens to them, like why they thought they were going to be different. So, Kelly, what about you? You have any of... Um, stories about cheaters and not we're not talking about the show well, okay what's my what's my bargain in life oh we have a oh <laughs> hi Tawanda welcome good afternoon I'm on mute listening to Kelly thank you <laughs> yes, thank you <laughs> hi good evening okay so what's my what's my bargain in love my bargain in love is that I have experienced true love. And because I have experienced true love, I have not ever been cheated on. 
Um, people will, people that know of me would say, but wait a minute, there's a, there are circumstances where you have been cheated on, um, but they have not taken time out to really read into the balances. What happens to be a fact is that with true love, you get to a level, and if there is need for more growth, then you tend to have to separate to come back together. Right. And so far that has been my that has been my outcome that I have to separate to grow and then we get back together and believe it or not we do not ever indefinitely separate. I believe that I have <laughs> even prayed to indefinitely separate because it, there's a torture that goes on when you right. really want relationship nobody wants to be by themselves i mean there may be some a few people that are happy and content being alone but i am not one of those people so there is a tormentation that goes on because i have to look at like you said intuition of perceiving into that future and then knowing the balance right so to tell yourself i told you so you're only going to be with this guy for a short little while because that's not a forever that's a bad thing to come back and say, I told you so. <laughs> I feel, I believe. So, so, so far, thank God, knock on wood, I have not experienced it in relationship. I have experienced it somewhat in friendship, but then again, I kind of knew that balance was coming because it was only right. like a temporary hold or a girlfriend that just came close because she wants to be with the person that I'm with, Right things like that even even in family it happens so yeah i cannot say that it's cheating i say that it's a part of unfolding in life and getting to your next yeah. level you know i think it's i mean for you that that works and that's a healthy thing you know and i think when people address issues and it's not easy especially with the way that the world has changed so much i mean especially since you know i remember my grandparents relationship and how different things are in relationships these days, Uh, the demands on people, especially for women. I mean, because before women, you know, stayed home, they were, you know, they're the children and stayed home and all this nonsense. And now we're, you know, we're raising kids and we're working full time and we're, we're out there hosting podcasts and helping each other out, you know, and, and we've come a really long Mm -hmm. way, but uh, so Alexis, Mm -hmm. how about you girl? You got any for us? Oh, yes. I will admit that I have cheated, and I have been cheated on. But when I cheated, let's just be frank, my relationship was already at rock bottom, and it was over. We were just waiting to see who was going to pull the trigger first. And side note, he had a habit of whenever he wasn't getting his way or he felt like I wasn't paying enough attention to him, he would throw a tantrum, cause a fight, and threaten to leave me. So by the end of that relationship, I was just over it. So, yeah, technically I cheated with with the guy that I'm in a relationship with now. But as to have I ever been cheated on, yes. I was the dumb idiot that decided to go to school really far away from home when I was 18 because I wanted to follow a boy And by the time he decided where he was going to go to school, it was too late for me to apply anywhere near that. 
so the nearest school that I could get to was Vermont, and he cheated on me within the first week of school. He met someone that, let's just say, he thought was better, and in the end it didn't work out for him. But, yes, I have been cheated on. I knew, and I did not react very well. And funny story, he ended up coming back like a month and a half later, hoping that if he appeared in person, he could get me to talk to him. Only he chose a very bad moment to walk onto campus because two people decided to play monkey in the middle with my shoe. I'm only about five, three and a half, five, four, and my guy friends are 16 and above, so they like to play monkey right. in the middle with my stuff. It's oh my god! Funny. So <laughs> at that moment, I was trying to chase after my shoe, and one of the guys oh. decided to tackle me onto the ground, and that was when the oh, guy who cheated on me walked up to a six foot three guy on top of a girl, and my then ex was like, "Hey, can I talk to you?" I was like, "I'm a little bit busy." I was thinking about a whole different kind of monkey in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really short, and they were really tall, and they played monkey in the Oh, no. Can you imagine me chasing after they're trying to get my shoe back? Did you guys, did you guys uh, get that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Monkey in the middle. Uh, that's all. Monkey in the middle. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, you know no. me. I just got to get it out there. But, uh, Tawanda, do you have any stories for us about cheating? Being in a relationship, like cheating on someone in a relationship? Either you have, have you ever been cheated on or have you yourself cheated? (laughs) I'll tell you, privacy in America, my gosh. You're calling I know, I was thinking I was going to listen. I didn't know I was going to be admitting to guilt. (laughs) That, well, that means you forgot that I was hosting. Um, oh yeah, next time warn me. <laughs> All right, but um, but yeah, definitely nothing to to brag about. I can ditto with with everything that Alexa said in reference to cheating and being cheated on. You know, in earlier years, um, just with maturity and, and growing up, and I say that because you know we all do what we want to do. But I don't want to hurt anyone, and I definitely don't want anyone to hurt me. And I've been in situations and relationships where I got cheated on, and he definitely knew that was a mistake because I was not having it. And I've been in relationships to where I have cheated, but I didn't get caught. So that's, you know, still left up to yeah. the imagination. You know, but, yeah, I've definitely experienced well, it's, both. It's kind of crazy because, you know, a lot of things that happen to us as kids are, are formative, right? And so when I was a kid – um, I was like seven or eight years old and my biological mother and my father, my biological mother, I've talked about her before. She's an awful person. And my poor dad tried to stick around because of me and he, he made it about seven years. And, and at the end, my mom cheated on him, which was insane. Cause my dad was such a good guy and still is. Um, I'm grateful to have a good relationship with him today. But so, so he ended up going out as well um, because he was trying to stay for me, you know. Um, and so both of them are cheating on each other. Yeah. My mom finds out. My mom finds out about my dad. So what does she do? She gets drunk and wakes me up at, at seven years old in the middle of the night. Drags me into the car. Drives up because she finds out who it's with. Takes me over to this girl's house. And this was this was you know years and years ago where people left their doors open. She like runs this lady's fence over and brings me into this woman's house. 
and shows me my father in bed with another woman. So I had this bad taste in my mouth from cheating the you know the whole time, you know, um, from from when I was a kid. And then I was I've been cheated on multiple times before, and you know a lot of it comes from insecurities on the uh, you know your significant other's part of not feeling good enough or worthy. And so you know I'm not or at least that's what I've been told, you know. Um, <laughs> But it still sucks because it does hurt, you know. Um, and I know that, that it's hurting going on both in the cheater and the person that, that's being cheated on. And and that's why, you know, relationships are so hard because especially these days, it's so freaking easy for, you know, for somebody to to slide because of all this shit with, you know, with these DMs and whatnot going on. Um, any of you guys have – what do you guys got to say about that? What about you, uh, Kelly? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the question. What do we have to say about what now? I'm just talking about about cheaters in general, and you know how nowadays it's so much easier because we, you know, we have people sliding into each other's DMs, as they say, on uh, social media, and and uh, you know, just so. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, I'm sorry. Well, uh, what do I say about cheating? I, first of all, cheating is not healthy. Um, cheating has a consequence and the consequence is not ever good. So if you wanted to hear <laughs> of the outcome of cheating, cheating has a negative consequence. And um, is it so popular now? Well, that depends on the individuals and how you are raised and how you end up raising yourself. Because yes, our parents are raising us and we're 18, 21 and still under their roof for simple things in life, material things. However, the emotional life, uh, we understand from uh, psychology that we are actually raising ourselves from the moment we are able to recognize that we have five fingers per hand and you're in the crate. And so we have to be admit to our you know, own, we have to be a responsible individual. And if you want to be a responsible individual, Cheating is definitely not the way to go. Uh, you know, that's, right. that's in my, my experience and in my opinion. And we all have opinions, so. <laughs> and thank you. Thank you, Annie. No, of course. No, you know, this is what this is all about. Everybody has their different aspects and views on life. And I love that we all get together and we respect each other. And we can be honest about our feelings because we all were brought up in a different way. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, I'm a stubborn ass, so all the traumatic things that have happened in my life are what formed me, because otherwise I wouldn't learn a damn thing, because I'm too stubborn for that, you know? Um, so I'm grateful for it, and, I'm, and I don't regret anything that's happened in my life. Um, I'm, I'm grateful because, you know, if that all wouldn't have happened, my dad wouldn't have ended up leaving and marrying my stepmom, who ended up being a better mother to me than anybody ever could have. Um, oh, that's you know, beautiful. You know? Yeah, that's and, um, beautiful. Yeah. And so... So, you know, yes, bad outcomes come out, but maybe, you know, what we should focus on more is like of what's making us feel that way and how we can healthily get out of something, you know, and follow, like I said, follow our intuitions. And, and, you know, that's why I think, yes, it is okay to investigate because if something's wrong, you guys know when they're, you know, the, the fairy tale lasts for so long when you first start a relationship. And then when things start to go sour, the arguments start and, you know, the, the irritation starts, you know, I'm pretty sure we've all been through that before. Um, and, and whether we deal with that with taking a break from each other, which is healthy for, for, and I think a great thing, or if we deal with that, you know, 
with breaking up with them immediately or if we deal with that with sticking around for way too long because we're, we're afraid of being alone. Um, there's so many different aspects of it that can be talked about. Um, anyways, uh, Corinne, what do you got to add on, on all of this? Yeah, definitely with social media, I think, is um, some people, like, more, I guess, accessible, um, which makes it, um, I guess, for the person that is a cheater, it makes it easier for them. And, um, you know, a lot of times people are getting extra attention, um, which may, you know, get to them sometimes. So I think with social media, it's definitely probably increasing, increasing people um, straying a little bit. Right. Hey, Tawanda, what what are you going to add? I just did what they said. I don't really have anything else to add to that. I definitely agree. Okay, Alexis, how about you? Um, Don't get me. Karen, don't get me wrong. Cheating is always going to come back with consequences, but every situation is different. And I'm never going to say I completely condone cheating, nor do I say right. what I did when I cheated was right, because I did end up hurting someone very much so. And, you know, every situation is going to have its consequences, and it's whether you can live with the consequences or not. But for me, right. um, cheating is just, you know, I've been cheated on. I much rather you just tell me that you don't want to be with me anymore. It's just that simple. Because cheating, when the other person is still in love with you, you do a lot of damage to that person's emotional well-being. Because right. if somebody is in love with someone else, and that person betrays that person, then, like, you know, the one that's was cheated on is going to take out all their anger on the next person or they have this fear right. of being cheated on again and it's not fair. Well, you know, it's it's kind of crazy because, you know, I think that, like I said, everything's formative, right? And there's there's two different ways, like a, an alcoholic, chi- a, a child of an alcoholic can go two different ways. They can go a way where alcohol, they don't be, they follow that path because they're afraid of it or they avoid it or they're able to control it or they can become the same person that their their parent was. Um, it's kind of the same idea that, you know, if, if you see that as a child and it's something that was part of your childhood, then maybe you get cheated on by a couple people or one even, and that sets it off for you that um, it becomes your response when you're unhappy in a relationship. And I kind of believe that's a psychological thing about it. I like to make up my own... Uh, my own opinion about these things sometimes to make myself feel better, I guess. But uh, we need to take a break. Uh, as usual, I always love talking to you girls, and we can get we can talk forever. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to um, talk a little bit about alcohol and drug abuse and uh, intuitions about that. Become a patron of Clutch by the Real Girlfriends Across America. By supporting creators you love on Patreon, you're becoming an active participant in the creative process. As a member, you receive exclusive content, community access, behind-the-scenes updates, and the pride of viewing work that matters to you. Joining is easy. Visit patreon.com backslash realgirlfriends across America. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com backslash realgirlfriends across America. Every donation helps. 
Clutch by RGAA is powered by Building Rome. Building Rome, Inc. is a professional company that provides an array of services to freelancers, creatives, virtual hustlers, and business owners. For more information on hiring Building Rome, log on to the website at buildingromeinc.com. Once again, the website is buildingromeinc.com. Clutch on to your drinks while we listen to today's trending news story. Conchata Farewell, best known for her role as Bertha, the housekeeper in Two and a Half Men, died on Tuesday in Sherman Oaks, California. Warner Brothers Television confirmed she was 77. We are saddened by the loss of Conchata Farrell and are grateful for the year she brought us last as Bertha, which will live on forever. Farrell was hospitalized in May and spent more than four weeks in the ICU center, where she went into cardiac arrest at one point. The address was relocated to a long-term treatment center, where she was on a respirator and dialysis. Farrell was most recognized for playing Bertha on all 12 seasons of Two and a Half Men, for which she received two Primetime Emmy Awards nominations, once in 2005 and another in 2007, for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. She appeared in a total of 212 episodes from 2003 to 2015. She will be missed. And that's it for today's trending news break. All right, well, welcome back. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, especially because something I've noticed um, in the past, you know, nine months or so that uh, American people together have been uh, going through with this pandemic uh, is that uh, I've noticed a lot of uh, people who have increased their intake of alcohol um, as well as other um, other abuse of drugs um, because, you know, you have somebody employed and they were isolated at home and they were receiving all this money that they were, you know, um, I think they were seeking out a way to numb themselves. And uh, I've seen a lot of it, um, and it's really sad. And so I feel like maybe as our, you know, if we reach out to our friends a little bit, maybe we can help before it becomes too much of an issue or or maybe we have a fear that um, one of our friends is heading down a bad path. Maybe we can help them out a little bit because, trust me, um, from experience, I know that you don't want to wait too long um, and spend two years of your life trying to get somebody sober that uh, – just isn't going to come, come, you know, the right way. So any of you guys have any stories about, or any, you know, anybody that you know or love that has some signs and symptoms you can share with us that, uh, that might be helpful. You know, um, if I may, it seems to be that, um, addictions are a selfish moment and um, people are looking for themselves. Somehow they turn to addictions because they may believe that they're more concentrated and are able to focus more um, than on themselves than the outside circle or the, right. the other individual. Unfortunate. Right. Um, instead of focusing on bringing out their inner child and getting into like hobbies and things that are constructive. Um, they tend to uh, use 
you know, alcohol or other substance that are abusive and destructive as well because it destroys them versus it will destroy you before you can build. So it's going to bring you down before you can be up if you well, if and, you're lucky enough to get back up. <laughs> I should say. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know, um it's especially uh mental health is such a huge thing that I mental health awareness um because people people have a hard time accepting that something's wrong with their brain basically, you know, a chemical imbalance or whatever is going on to make them feel so depressed or suicidal or you know, it's such a sad thing. I've experienced so many different people, bipolar, suicidal, who are, you know, depressed. And, and it's such a horrible, sad thing to see um, people that, that don't want to get help or refuse to get help because they're afraid. Um, and and it, to me, you know, I have some pretty bad anxiety and PTSD. And, and I've been blessed. Um, some may not agree with that, but I don't care because it's what helps me and what helps keep me grounded after the things that I've been through because all of the prescription medications that I ever took just made me crazier or they made me sad, and I wasn't a sad person. Hey, Tawanda, what do you think? Okay, I'm sorry about that. What was the question again, Amy? Uh, we're talking about alcohol and drug abuse, and since the pandemic, I, I have a big fear, and I've noticed in some of my people and my friends that their alcohol use has increased tremendously. And uh, I see a pattern lately in, in isolation that people are drinking more and spending money because they don't have things to do. So we're talking about that and some of the signs and symptoms that you might know about or any experiences you've had with, uh, with this. Well, I was on a show previously we were talking about, about similar things in reference to um, the pandemic. And I know that I heard, um, I guess, in around mid-March when the pandemic first came, they were talking about the 911 calls had increased by 50%, and it was mostly women calling. You know, people are people cope with situations differently. So a lot of times if we have a habit, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, anything, we tend to do more of it if we are having anxiety. We don't have anything else to do. Okay. We have um, more time on our hands. So, yeah, I've definitely seen that. And one of the things I continue to say over and over to people is is power and association. When you plug into certain things, like, for example, someone is plugging into this podcast, which is five nights a week, hey, you know what, let me get my mind off of it. Let me plug into something positive. Let me learn something new. Even if you plug into other people, that's what helps, and that's what's helped me. When I first found out about the pandemic, for example, for the first two weeks, I was like, oh, my gosh, am I going crazy? Is the world ending? And then I had to get myself back to get like, okay, get it together, plug in, get connected, build your associations. And um, so that's what I've done because, unfortunately, I personally don't know anyone struggling with, like, alcohol and drug abuse. Um, that's in my network. However, just from knowing people in general, people have been having all types of issues and problems and spending money they don't have. And that's the other thing. Like, right. how the hell are you still spending money? You don't have any. Um, right. But people no, are going crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. Even with, um, even with the pandemic and opening back up markets, people are like, listen, I don't even care what's going on with the pandemic. I got to get out of the house. I got to go back to work. I got to get out. I got to get out even against their better judgment and safety because people don't want to stay home. And the last thing I want to say is I never understood, like, hell, I thought home was, like, the best place to be. <laughs> but I guess right. maybe if you're home and you ain't making no money, then that's different. But, yeah, definitely. 
May I, I yeah, play well, something? Is, oh, yeah, of course. Go ahead, Alexis. I was going to say that while I can see what Kelly's saying, it is slightly true where people, some of their addictions can be somewhat selfish. I don't really think that calling people selfish when they have an addiction is going to ring true for the majority of them because every person who suffers from an addiction has a trigger. Something must have triggered them to turn to alcohol, to turn to meds, to turn to drugs. And a lot of times I have seen people who have addictions suffer because they're in pain themselves. And for them, it's easier for them to turn to the wrong things than it is for them to seek out the therapy and the help that they need to deal with whatever it is that the trigger is and how to cope and to move on to a healthier lifestyle. Because a lot of times people are in so much pain, they choose things to numb pain. Because if you were to ask an alcoholic, well, why do you drink? Sometimes they're like, because my day is bad or my life sucks and stuff like that. So they drink or they choose to do drugs because it temporarily takes away that pain. So for them, it's easier to do that than it is to face the pain, get the help that they need, and to seek out therapy to work on whatever it is that caused it, how to cope and to move on to a healthier life. Right, that's why it's called a selfish moment. It's called a selfish moment, not being selfish. If I said being selfish, I stand corrected. It's having a selfish moment so they can find themselves so that the unhappy life or the uh, the life that they're not wanting, that they're living, or the wife that's not giving them the satisfaction that maybe they believed was available, you know, all the time, indefinite, that they can uh, suppress that and then turn to themselves for a moment. It's a selfish moment because when they drink, they're still satisfying their thirst, right? If they're getting drunk, it's what they wanted to reach so that they can forget the problem. So it's a selfish moment. They're getting away from the, from the problem mm-hmm. and turning maybe a, co- you know, a, a scope on them. Like, yeah. Can I interject? This is this is Annie, and you know I have some personal experience, a lot of personal experience with this, and and let me just tell you from my personal experience, there are absolutely multiple selfish moments. There is multiple self-centeredness going on with with people who are for years involved in drugs and drug addicts, and yes, a lot of it has to do with mental health and mental wellness. But let me just tell you that most of the time, at least from my experience, those people have people that love them, and have people that tried multiple times spent every penny they had multiple times you know dealt with physical and mental and emotional abuse day after day sober for years and i speak like i said from personal experience was completely self-centered and i finally had to make the stand and walk away because i was you know slowly being drugged down as well and it wasn't fair and that was nothing that i did wrong in that situation whatsoever and it was completely selfish to continue to take every penny I had to money for me and, you know, and strangle me and all the other fun things that happened. 
Um, so, so in my in my opinion, yes, there is a lot of self-centeredness and selfishness that goes on with relapsers as well. I mean, as, for the most part. Wow, that's pretty scary. And um, I'm glad that you have survived it. And thank you for sharing that. Um, that's really that's uh, way out there. And um, you think that you only hear that, and it's a fairy tale, but. Annie, I'm glad that you have survived it. And then I thank God that my experiences of addictions have not been over the hilt like that. And that you safely, know, you know, family and friends got out, you know. Thank God. Knock on wood. You know, I've lost um I've lost multiple family members of abuse. I had an uncle that was on cocaine all uh another uncle that was found in the ditch on P- because he had been on PCP. Um I had another uncle die in a motorcycle accident from um he was drunk driving um that was just when i before i turned 18 um so you know my family's big and my family is like german irish russian polish czechoslovakian lithuanian so just add in, in every drinker you know <laughs> in the genes and um and it was always a thing. i don't drink a lot you know what i mean i control my drinking which was was always an issue but i did fall under the pain pill addiction and you know, I didn't never, I never intended for that. It's just that I was prescribed that medication for, and I was on it for five years. And I fell into addiction, and I spent time in AA. So I've been on both ends of it, and it's such a shitty place to be because I had way too much empathy and way too much guilt um, to let it go on for longer than it should have. You know, so we all have to know the signs and symptoms. And there's a lot of physical signs, uh, like weight loss. Um, for alcoholism, there's people's hair can fall out, their skin starts to in yellow, passing out, uh, different sleep patterns, um, erratic sleeping habits, uh, all those kind of things are things that you uh, notice about people that may be uh, doing things they shouldn't be doing. And if you love them, try to hit it up early and quick and just ask them up front. Make sure that you're honest. Most of the time they're going to lie, but at least you're doing your diligence. Um, but don't ever feel guilty if you have to walk away, if you've tried and you have to walk away, because I'm telling you right now, it'll save your life, you know? Um, Corinne, mm-hmm. you got anything to add? Um, I didn't, I, I mean, I don't know anyone personally that dealt with, um, well, actually, I do know someone that personally dealt with addiction. Um, I was about to say don't, but yet, um, and um, in in terms of my own self, like I think just when the pandemic helped, I mean, um, started, like I maybe spent a little bit more money than I should have. Um, that didn't last long just because I'm paranoid about my money going down too low. Uh-huh. But I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely did uh, spend more money on things I probably shouldn't have. Right. So. Um... Uh, we have, do we still have another color on the the line? Coffee, I think it was. Uh, yes. Hello. How are you guys? No, we're great. Welcome to the welcome Hello. to the show. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh yeah. I mean, um, so Bob, dealing with addiction and um, on on that basis, um, my mom struggled with drugs um, most of my life. And um, as an adult, um, I have dipped in and out. Like, I've never, like, gotten to the point where, like, I needed to, like, have an intervention or anything. But there were times where I was very, very selfish in wanting to escape my own personal reality. Um, Right. 
And it was the easiest way, you know, to where, you know, like, and the point was to get drunk. It's like not to have a drink, but to not have to deal with it. Like, I'm so, like, in this zone, and I'm just feeling this moment. And for this moment, like, I I don't feel the fear of life. Because, like, I'm just enjoying this moment until in the morning and I have a hangover, right. you know, like, and I really had to, like, um, like look within myself, you know, and really, like, make some changes right. if, you know, like, I was going to get to where I wanted to be. And for me, um, I, I, I really didn't have a strong support system, but I'm a very strong woman. And, like, I just look right. inward to God, you know, right. like try to do things that made me happy, positive, and be around positive people, people who were in recovery, you know, and I met a woman, and she just showed me that there was a way for me to still enjoy myself without um, losing myself, and yeah, like, so it it took a lot of self-care, you know, like, for me to, like, actually, like, fall in love with myself and go through, like, a lot of heartbreaks and, you know, like, look back, like, this this really isn't the life that you want, you know, like, you know what you want, you just don't really know how to get there. And once you identify with, you know, like, what makes you happy, it's easy for you to make baby steps, like, you know, like, and that's yeah. kind of what it was until it was like, okay, like, I took, like, I, I stopped for, like, some months, you know, like, nine months, ten months, like, almost a year, and then, you know, like, when I did drink, you feel me, I was able to enjoy my drink, you know, and I was drinking because I wanted to just have a drink and relax and not, like, just be like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so stressed out on life because if you are feeling stressed, then guess what? You're going to be stressed. You know, yeah. like you are what you well, eat, you know, like, and if you speak I, that over yourself. Hmm? Sorry. I think, one of the biggest things that we, I think one of the biggest things we need to learn, um, and I probably learned it a little late in life as well, is that, you know, you, you have to earn it and you have to work hard for the good. Because anything that's going to give you that great of a feeling so quickly um, which, by the way, those those great feelings go away rapidly, and the the high gets shorter, and it gets smaller, and it's not as easy to get, and then you're just strung out, you know. And um, and so when that 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 good feeling comes quickly like that, it's not what you need in life. Like you have to work and you have to earn it, and it's not something that we want to do because everybody uh, who who doesn't want everything handed to them on a silver platter, but uh, you know that's not the way life works. Um. Yeah, so does anybody else have anything they want to add tonight? Well, um, just, yeah, the second part of the question was how to recognize that a person is on addiction, right? Yes. I yes. believe that was the second part of your question. And um, I I would have to go with that where there is love and caring, you're going to recognize that something is wrong. However, be careful not to accuse a person of addictions necessarily, especially if you know that they have histories of setbacks and downfalls. Right. Uh, measure and be sensitive in approaching um, to attempt to have the person themselves come forth and admit to where they are having crisis. It may not always be that they have turned back to a um, that they've had a setback, right, and right. Um, regress back to picking up substance. It may just very well be that they have uh, that they are at the beginning of reaching for an exit 
And so we need to be very sensitive and respectful and not accuse the individual. And then we are also needing in a love relationship um, or relationships, we are needing to measure ourselves because sometimes the disappointments can trigger them because as you're reaching to continue your legal assignments or studies, they are missing you. And then there's like yeah. a gap where you're missing each other. So it's nice to come to the table and express, have conversations, and um, always question, is something wrong? You know, is everything okay? And then admit to where you feel that you're losing them or that there's a gap. Right. That would be the experience. Now, this, of course, obviously, with, with anybody's children, you know, like you need to know your children's behavior and what they've got going on. And in my opinion, you know, I think, you know, kids are, are welcome to, I grew up in a different era and I also lived in Germany. So things were a lot different for me. And, and I, I learned responsibility early and I, I wish that more of the kids you know, these days, I hate saying that, but, you know, had a little more responsibility um, put upon them because I think generations have changed a lot, you know? So I think you got to pay attention to what your kids are doing and be nosy about it because it is your business and kids are dying, you know, by eating eating friggin' Tide Pods. I mean, come on. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree right, with well, that. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate everybody calling in tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much for letting me host. I can't wait till next time. I'll be on next Tuesday, and tomorrow we're going to have another great topic. So make sure you join us. We're always on Sunday through Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Have a peaceful and prosperous night, my friends. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. Did you miss the episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, clutch on to your best friend and stay tuned.